0: Good evening. Welcome to the University of Spiritual Warfare, Bible Code Seven, where we are to have you on board with us tonight. It is a joy to just know that we are here, and the Lord is on July fourteenth, twenty-two. staying alive in these depression times. Staying alive in these depression times. You hear me say the word depression. I haven't heard that word from the mainstream media. I've not heard it said by anybody about depression. In case you didn't know, I used to use the word recession. Two consecutive quarters. Negative quarters. And usually recession. And then, the US has a $30 deficit, which means America is DEBT the tune of $30 trillion. Now, the GFM is approximately 20, $21 trillion a year, which means it produces goods and services to the tune of $20 trillion a year. Oh, we're in over ahead approximately 10 or maybe nine dollars. Now The experts are saying, and these are the experts that bought and paid for tell you the truth and let you know exactly what's going on, they are saying that we're out of recent territory. And from the signs on the wall when you connect the dots, America is heading into a depression. Not right now. It's gonna start at the bottom of this year, but it up it's already started started. The numbers are crunching up and going up. But what's happening now is that they are seeing what's going on and connecting the dots and they're saying that not only America is but the world is headed for a depression. When we look at what's going on, US no heating, Ukraine, Russia, uh, if you jerk their economy, which their economy will get jerked and is getting jerked right now, and they'll, those are the first world economies, America is going to get then all the second world and the third world countries are going to get even bad. There are many nations right now that are not only having food insecurity, but they're having food problems. Certain places in the world, there is starvation. And these are not just in the normal places where you would hear stuff. Sudan, Yemen, those places, you always hear about them. Hot. Hostile, dry, and they're all in a drought, and they're always in war, and they're always in in a food shortage, in a starvation. But how about Sri Lanka? Never heard of Sri Lanka before. How about Pakistan? How about countries that are sitting on the edge, a little foreign exchange to buy food and fuel, and going to the IMF for bailouts? All these things are happening, and The the real people, the correct people, telling us now, uh, and they're using the D word, depression. They're telling us now it looks like a depression. When they put their charts on the wall, connect the dots, and they look at their facts and their figures, they say it looks like not a recession, a depression. What does the Bible say? The Bible says there will come a day when the nations would be in distress. Distress means, think of a man as you, and he's got tubes and equipment and all that stuff hooked up to him. Uh, Drip, uh, uh, food, all kind of stuff. Medication, antibiotics, heart monitor, this monitor, that. Got a catheter in him, all kind of stuff. And then when one of those machines go off, and it gives a warning signal, that man is in distress. He's on the edge of death. And so it is, a they in distress. They're on the edge. Sri Lanka, the nation that was formerly Ceylon at the tip of India, they went over the edge. They got 22 million people. They went over the edge. They have no money in their treasury to buy fuel there are no cars running on the street no buses no taxes there's no money to buy fuel they had three days worth of food in their warehouses the last time i read about them so what are the nations going to do when the dominoes begin to fall you're gonna find Sri Lanka. You're gonna find another nation, another nation, Pakistan. All those countries on the edge. Eventually, they're gonna fall. And then what's gonna happen when all you know countries there? They're not gonna have any gas supplied to them. They're gonna be in trouble. They're gonna fall. They're gonna have problems. The world is in a problematic time, and things are going to happen. Well, does the Christians do, because you see it's an us versus a them. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. We still have to pay $4 and change for gasoline per gallon, but the Lord says, I'm going to supply your every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Went to the gas station, been going to the gas station, and every time I go, thank God I have the money, I can purchase the gas. Couple years ago, went to the gas station. Had to buy a small amount because I didn't have the money. Couldn't fill the tank. Now, keep a thankful. Thank God. So, what is it going to take for us to go through these times of the recession and depression when it comes? What will it take? Well, the Bible tells us that if we obey His words, or His what? voice. The voice of God is the words of God. And then if we open our mouth and begin to declare his words, God will open doors for us. He'll make ways for us. Yes, Bible code seven. But first you must believer in Jesus Christ. You cannot come and say, Well I believe the Bible but you I got a problem with that fella named Jesus. Now that's what I used to say. I used to be an atheist, and when I kind of softened my stance and being an atheist, I said, Well, I believe the word of God, but you know, I don't know about that fellow Jesus. You know, I, I just don't know about him. I don't like his name. I don't like what I hear like. I have a problem with Jesus. But Jesus didn't have a problem with me. And slowly but surely wooed me. He didn't destroy me. He wooed me and him to me. Am I that you believe in Jesus so you're not serving him? I pray tonight that you'll ask him, like I asked, if you show me yourself, reveal yourself to me without a doubt that I can know it's you. If I know it's you, then I'm going to serve you. Well, he did. And my prayer tonight is that he'll do the same if you challenge him. Me. Challenging, but for you to have the of God, need His words. You need to open your mouth alone. obey speak words, as Jesus The demonstration He told us, or He showed us how to do it with this, uh, the the devil, Satan. He fasted. Went before Satan. Satan spoke to him, and he opened his mouth and he spoke to, just in the same manner you hear me talking right now. And he said, "It is written." And he told Satan what was. No debate, no argument, nothing. Call him you dragon, you devil. Didn't call names, didn't mock. Him. No, he just gave him the word and the word alone. Period. And we need to take a page out of Jesus' book and understand. Jesus gave us a demo on how the job done. So we understand that we don't argue with Satan. We don't debate. We declare your words and what you think and your opinion. No, we declare to Satan it is written, words of God and of God alone. When we open our mouth, God opens doors. He did it for Jesus. Jesus, the Bible tells us, spoke to the devil. It is written. It is written. It is written. And the Bible says that the devil leaves him for a season. And the angels came and ministered to him. Doors were open. Heavenly doors were open. The angels came and ministered to Jesus. Do you want the angels to come and minister to you? I want the angels to come and minister in your situation, in your condition. But you did. You must declare the word. It is written. And if you do what Jesus did, you will get what Jesus. Does. He is the trailblazer. He's the one that shows us the way. He the that tells us how to get what done. So here, Jesus told the devil, "Open his mouth." And Jesus was very obedient to the word God. He opened his mouth and he spoke to the devil. "It is written. It is written. It is written." And what did God do in response? God opens doors. God sent angels. But the Bible says the angels came and ministered to Jesus. Well, what's the angels going to do? Well, Jesus was hungry for one. They must have brought him a nice cake like they did for Elijah. Huh? Angel food. Elijah was so good with food. He went. Nights and that cake, angel food cake. Hmm? So Jesus was ministered to by the angels. He was strengthened by the angels. Don't forget that he was in a flesh body and fasting 40 days and would have I I don't know about that. I would have to hear God telling me definitely Norman fast what it is. But Jesus did. Jesus did. He obeyed. He smelt. He declared a word. And God opened the doors. God made ways. He sent the angels to minister to him. In this world, we're living in a debt D E B T usury, lending at interest world. You use a credit card. They charge interest if you don't pay on time. Everything is in It's a slavery system. Do you want to know why it's a slavery system? Because the Bible says the rich rules over the poor. And the borrower, which they enslave the people to become borrowers, becomes slaves to the lender. Even the nation's. A slave nations. I told you, America is in D-E-B-T up to the tune of $30 trillion. Can you imagine the little island nations and the little third world nations? They all got to go to the IMF and borrow money. They're all slave nations. It's a slave system. Slavery is not over. Slavery is not dead. Okay wake up and smell the coffee it's a debt debt usury slavery worldwide financial system every nation is a debtor debtor nation and again us leads with 30 trillion dollars in debt yes the rich rules over the poor the globalist leaders the super wealthy trillionaires that run the world. They own nations. They own money. Old money, they call them. And they own the nations. The nations of the earth are run because of them. And who is behind them? Good question. No one else but Lucifer. Satan. Satan gives them their positions of power and authority because they promise to serve The devil. right? The Bible says the love of money is the root cause of all evil. Now listen carefully. The Bible didn't say money is the root of all evil. So don't go there. Please do not go there. I've heard preachers preach against money. Don't preach against money. You can't go to the supermarket without it. It's a means of exchange and a storage of value. A $100 bill carries more value than a $20 bill. Okay? So you need money. And money is not bad. It's good to have. Money is a means to an end. Money can buy a tremendous amount of joy, happiness. Money can buy wellness when you purchase medications the services of doctors for people who are sick. Money can buy food to fill hungry bellies. Money is good when you do missions and charity like we do. Every month, we send foods, milk, rice and beans to Haiti, a nation that is suffering and we send it to a school, an orphanage, a little children and they have the uh, benefit of having a meal, they have at least a nice lunch per day. They get a little bread and they have milk. We send milk, milk powder, so they can put the water in there and make milk and give the little children. They have milk for the teeth and the bones. They get a piece of bread, an egg or whatever they give them down there. We don't know. And then lunch time, they get some beans and rice, proteins and carbohydrates. And that's a that's a delicious lunch. What they get home or after school, we don't know. Uh, we can't fix the world, but we can make a dent. We can do the very best in our area. Well, we do that every month. So money is good to have. Money is a means to an end. Money is a means to alleviate suffering of poor people. And Lord knows I, so I can get more done, but that's the long and the short of it. We also support a school in Nicaragua. We send them money, about 300 400 every month. That a school of over 500 little children. Same thing, they go to school in the morning. They get a little, uh, I've been here. We went on a mission trip, been to Haiti also. Went to those schools, those little uh, schools where the little children go. These children, they come to school, they get a little. Then they get some lunch. They get two meals a day, and then they go home after they learn. They go home because many of the parents don't have any money to access. In many countries, and I've been to Nick and see what they eat, they have a lot of carbohydrates, but they don't have anything called protein. They can't afford the beans, which is a protein. They can't afford milk. Well, they get protein, carbohydrates, milk. And after that, they go home. So they are getting an opportunity to grow and learn. We're right there. Again, we can't fix the world, <laughs> but we're helping to do the best we can. So, money is a problem. Money is a mess to an end, and this money is good for it. Alleviate another person's suffering, and we have always prayed ever since we started. Wow. And ask the God, we say, God, it's good to help people here in America. Nothing wrong with that. But we want to be on the cutting edge. Do you know what it means to be on the cutting edge? Cutting edge is this, that you're right there. Someone needs a glass of milk or a piece of bread. Because if they don't get that milk and the piece of bread, they'll starve to death. Or they'll go over and go into a coma. Because they are so uh, impoverished, that is so hungry. That's where we want to be. We want to be right there where we the need of people that are desperately in need of food and something to drink. And that's where the Lord has placed us. And we're right there. And thank God we're right there. So it's not the love of money that is. Money is essential. And God knows money. Jesus talked about money. And when, if he didn't talk about money itself, he talks about things uh, converted to money, like your labor is converted to money. You work for a paycheck. We don't barter nowadays. When you go to work, you $100 a day or $500. That you you make money. End of the week, you get a check. A check, it symbolizes money. People don't carry cash anymore. It's all digital: Checks, cards, cards, cards. Uh, Now they're doing Zelle and and, uh, uh, WhatsApp. Not WhatsApp, um, app. So money is being transferred, and it's not the love of money. It's money being used for what it can do, means to an end. So money is not the root of all evil. It's the love of money when people do anything for money. The only thing they love more than money is more money. That's where money is the root of all evil because they'll do anything to get it. They become wicked. They'll kill their grandmother for money. Mm -hmm. That's wicked. That's evil. So let's get to the next point. Money will fail. Money is headed for failure. Sri Lankan money? Fail. It's going to fail. Money's going to be worth nothing. It was in um, Zimbabwe. You'd need a million Zimbabwean dollars to buy a, a loaf of bread. People were taking wheelbarrows for money. The money that they had in Zimbabwe was worth, it was worth nothing. Uh, some people call it 20. It was worth nothing happened before in Germany after World War two they take a whole battle full of money trying to buy over such of it inflation then in another country Venezuela why the money was inflated the money failed well the world's money is failed. you in the it's in the book. Genesis 47, the time of Joseph when he was second to Pharaoh. The Bible says during that time of famine, the money failed. People ran out of money, had money to come and buy food. So they went to Joseph and said, Joseph, we don't have any money. Don't let us starve. The famine was so severe. And by the way, what has happened then is going to happen again, because have you been reading how the farmers are plowing under their crops, killing their livestock? Millions of billions of chickens are being called. In Netherlands, they're telling the farmers, you can't plant. We don't want so much uh, nitrogen in the air. In Sri Lanka, they, uh, the, the, the president was told by the World Economic Forum, you can't buy this fertilizer because uh, this fertilizer has too much nitrogen in there. So you've got to use something else. And and that has exacerbated the problem. There's no food. Why? The World Economic Forum is coming and telling them. The climate, the climate. You can't do this. You can't do that. The climate. And they are plowing under the vegetables and they're talking about getting rid of cows because the methane gas passed by the cows is harming the atmosphere they say it's all a load of garbage but this is what they're using across the world and I'm going to bring something to your attention so back then the money failed and when the money failed and the people had no more money they went and said Joseph we're hungry What are we going to do? Joseph said, what do you got? Well, we got our livestock. He says, bring your livestock. Bring your cows, your sheep, your horses, your donkeys. We'll give you food. So they brought all their livestock. They got food. Well, the food ran out. You got to eat a meal or two every day. So the food ran out. The money failed. Livestock failed. No livestock. Say, so come back to Joseph. What do you got? We're hungry. Don't let us die. What do you got? We don't have anything else but our ourselves and our land. And say said, we'll take that. We'll take your land. They he said, make us your slaves. And that's what Joseph did. He said, all right, you're going to be slaves of faith. And you're going to plant his field, and, and you'll, uh, you'll take uh, uh, three parts and give him You'll take 60 per sixty forty, 60, 40. And then what did he do? He moved them from off their lands, and he moved them into cities. That's coming in the future. That's part of the agenda. Uh, because the money is going, food will be a weapon. we are talking about weaponized food today. Food definitely will be a weapon. How prepared are you? Do you have some food stocked up in your closet? Non-perishable food, canned beans, canned uh, things to eat, non-perishable items that doesn't need electricity like in a freezer? You better do. Do you have a backyard? Do you plant some stuff that can be... I'm not talking about flowers now. I'm talking about planting something that can be eaten. you plant some corn? What do you plant in your backyard? I got my plant, my my backyard planted with bananas and yucca. Of course, I got fruit trees also, but I've got something I can eat. Plant, I can dip yucca, which is a that. I've got plenty of beans, which is protein. canned beans, pop the top, pour it in something. Boil my Yukon, and I can eat it, beans and rice, carbohydrates and rice. Because money will fail. What will you do when we get out of recession and we go into depression? And if you don't believe a depression will come, just, just bear with me for a while. Let's, in the theater of your mind, let's work it out. What will you do? How prepared are you? Well, many of God's people need an answer. Because the Bible gives solutions, and the Bible gives answers. Answers to problems and solutions to problems. It's all in the book. And if you are a child of God and you call upon the Lord, He will answer you. He will show you what to do. He will leave you high and dry. And this is the reason why I'm always in His Word. This is the reason why I'm always asking Him so much. That's what we go back and forth. And sometimes he doesn't give me right away. He'll give, always writing something down that he reveals to me. At my bedside, when I sleep at night, I'm driving in a car. I got to have a pen and a piece of paper with me all the time. Because if you don't write down what he tells you, you'll lose it. So here we have, we're not like the real guy, he comes to money. And by the way, people don't keep money, million dollars in their homes. They keep it in a bank. And if the bank fails or the bank don't open, see, your money is gone. Money is not paper anymore. Money is a digital keystroke computer, okay? Without the internet, which the internet will go down, you don't have no money. And you can't go down to your bank branch and kick the door in. That ain't going to help you without with your debit card or your credit card or whatever your card and sell working it you know, when the an and lot of things to the money will fail which means that you're going to have to depend on a higher authority And you have to go back in my Bible and begin to look at the miracles that God did and God worked and said, God, if only you could do it for me again. But I want you to know and understand that the Bible tells us that what God has done, He can and he will do again. The Bible tells us that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He'll do it again for you if you're a child of God and if you trust him. We were talking the other day, and the Lord began to speak to me, and He says, "Norman, uh, the Our Father prayer is going to be prayed by many, many people every day." Several years ago, we were doing a mission in Nigeria, Africa, in Benin. We were sending money. We have dug Wells in Benin, and fed many people, and started a Bible school over there in the churches to teach people so they could go out in mm-hmm. the in the in the area. We've done all that the people would gather in the morning, and they would begin to pray. And from the bishop telling me what they did and how they prayed, they'd sing, and they'd pray. They have nothing. And they'd begin to pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. Forgive sins as we forgive those that trespass and sin against us. And they'd say the entire, our Father pray every day, and they'd pray. And some way, somehow, out of nothing, somebody would come, some some way, somehow, enough food, ground, flour, something, to make a pot of food. And the people have two meals, one meal at lunch, and one little one later in the evening. And the last time I spoke to the bishop he told me he says, Listen, we're down to one meal a day now. Things are so tight. But that one meal a day gave it to the why. They called on the Lord. They called his word. He gave the word, they gave it back to him. They opened their mouths, declared it is written, and God opened doors and made ways for them to have a meal per day. Give this day our daily bread. And they're down to one meal. It works every day. So the people get together and they come and they pray. They don't have money. don't have anything. But they got faith. And they have faith in Jesus. Well, I want to share a vision I had this morning. <coughs> the Lord began to speak to me this morning. Down. And it was, I mean, God began, because you see, sometimes God is far out, far out. Remember 9-13-09, September 13th, I put brain 91309. Lord showed me a nuclear explosion in America. Where, no, when, I don't know. But he showed me a nuclear explosion. It happened yet. But you see, that's how God showed me. Things. And he, told me one, uh, he showed me a hurricane up in Odo <laughs> And I said, yes, I must have had some bad food, a pizza pizza or something too late at night. And he showed me about four or five years before it happened. And I never realized it happened until a preacher came down from and he was talking to me. The hurricane came up in Orlando, tore a roof. He had to have a new roof put on. I said, "What?" He said, "Yes." And he named the hurricane. That was several years ago. He said it came to Orlando, tore up trees around my house, tore up that roof, damaged the dial. And I had it on and I said, "Oh my God!" And he told me from way, way back. Shows me, thing, shows me things, me things way out in the future. Long gas lines in America. Well, I've seen that too. People standing outside, no gas. It's gonna happen. So the Lord showed me, and He began to speak to me, and He spoke to me in Luke six thirty-eight. Give, and it shall be given to you good measure, Press down. Shaken together, running over. God says, I will come to give into your bosom. I heard that this morning in my spirit. I know that scripture pretty well. I use that when we talk talking about tithing and giving. And I spoke that word, heard that word this morning. Because you see, I've been talking to God about going through the depression, the tough times and his children. How are we going to make it? Several years ago, I was always talking about a billionaire. God, you're going to send a billionaire in my life. That billionaire is going to be a man that's going to write a check for $100. And he's going to give me going to do missions and do this and that and the other. Well, it hasn't worked out in that manner yet. I talked to God. I said, God, what's going on? And the Lord spoke to me and he, says, and he said, Norman, if a billionaire comes and gives you A check for a hundred thousand dollars. There, even if he gives you a check for one million dollars, you'd be very happy. You'd be jumping up and down, and you'd be doing a lot. I know you will. He said to me, "He said this fool, I am obligated to bless and give the corresponding return upon that billion dollars and that million dollars." God says, "I'm obligated to bless the giver." So if a millionaire or a billionaire comes and gives you a million dollars and he writes a check and you cash the check and you do what you have to do, who gets the blessing? The millionaire. The billionaire. The rich man gets the blessing. But God spoke to me and told me this morning, he says, Tell my people, Norman, I don't want to give a billionaire the blessings of God because my billionaires won't come to me. It's very hard for a rich man, impossible now. But very very hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of But I wanna give the blessings to my children. Tell my people. They've gotta be like that little widow woman who gave every little bit last of her cents. The widow's mother. Jesus was saying the guys who had money they came out of their abundance but there was this little woman widow woman and she had maybe a little bag a little thing tied up together with some coins and she gave a little penny a denarius she could hardly afford to give it and Jesus made a remark that says who would get the greater blessings I said that woman has she never need well that's what Jesus wants to do with you and you and you he wants you to give out, substance out of your that you have. You can hardly pay your rent, your mortgage. With things going hey, well it takes a lot eh? it takes a lot more to feed your children. God says give. Give out of your need. And he says, Give out of your need. Don't worry, because I know what you're going through. I the Lord God bless you. And he broke down the word to me, Luke, give and it shall be given. And he told me, Tell me, giving is a trigger. Give you give, it becomes a trigger. And that trigger, and to talk about a gun, I'm going to put it in that context of a gun. You pull the trigger, it fires a hammer, and it. it it's a hammer that goes on the t- top of the bullet and makes the bullet fire. You don't pull the trigger, the bullet ain't going nowhere. You don't pull the trigger, the gun can not fire. So if you don't give, you're get your getting triggered. So giving is a trigger that releases your getting. Do you follow that? Giving is a trigger that releases getting. When you a uh, receiving shot is fired towards you, give the trigger. A receiving shot fired you. So you must receive, as you have given. What you give, the exact same thing you give, you get back. Thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. That's the law of giving. What you sow, you reap. Several years ago, I was a young Christian. I read the story of a pastor. And he was pastor in a church. And the lovely couples, lovely people were there. And there was a one lady, she was a sweet lady. She would bake cakes and knit stuff for people, loving, giving person. Financially, a giving person. And she began to be in need. The pastor visited her and had to speak to her. And then he asked her about her giving. Had not been giving financially, and she was by her need. The so pastor spoke to her and lovingly prayer and encouraged her in giving. And she ask the past. who would come. They would beg stuff into her. And make clothes knit stuff and give to her because that's what she gave she gave blankets to babies little newborn babies and the families the mother they come and give back to her of the same kind of the same nature that she gave but when it came to money she was in the short she was in the red because she never gave money she didn't know she was not taught the nature of what you give is the same nature of, of uh, it's going to get back to. You. And as we get into this session, people are giving me what's going to come back? To meal. To give financially what's going to come back to you. And you don't give, as my granny always said. Well I had a philosopher, grandmother. I didn't even know it until I started preaching. My grandma said, You cannot plant corn and get pigeon peas. If you sow corn or you plant corn, you will reap corn. But how you love pigeon peas, make soup with your rice and make a delicious peas and rice. You've got to plant pigeon peas to get pigeon peas because corn is plentiful and it's cheap and easy that's what you are going to reap so the Bible says give and it shall be given you give what? anything you would like to have to get back to you and it says whatever you give it will be given back to you because giving is a trigger and that trigger releases your getting good measure press down shake it together roll over As I'll cause men to give in your bosom. Give what? The same thing you give. We go into depression. What are people going to need? They're going to need food. They're going to need money. There's no shortage of money. Not in America, anyway. People got money here. You know, it's digital money millionaires and billionaires are all over. God knows how to take it from a billionaire and give it to you. Don't worry about it. When we're giving, we give. Don't worry about that. No, we give. We give food. We give sustenance. We got to get food back. And learn something about giving. Any nation, any country you have sown into, you have a you have the right to go there and reap from there. Anywhere you sow, you have the right to reap. Do you hear what I'm telling you? God says, whatever you give is going to be given back to you in a good measure. Press down, shaken together, running over. God says, I, the living God, will cause, make men, give back into your bosom. Doesn't matter where you are doesn't matter if you don't know people. God will make them give back to you. You do the giving because when you do the giving, it's a trigger that releases your getting. Learn that tonight. You're going to need it for the depression that we're entering into. When it comes to finances, make sure you're tithing and giving to God because that's how you're going to make it through. You're not going to do it any other way but the Bible way. And if you don't do it the Bible way don't, that's what, it's not going to work for you. You're going to fall by the wayside. Because you see, God watches over his word to bring it into performance. Not your words. Not anybody else's words. His words. That's why we go by the Bible. And that's what Bible Code 7 teaches you. We make sure we bring you the word. So that whenever the word is declared, as Jesus declared it, it is written. Guess what? The word will be performed. So, give. Luke 6.38, give. Pause. And it shall be getting to you. Fire a shot. Give. Pull the trigger. Give. So when you pull the trigger, the bullet goes out. Releases your getting. Because when you give, getting must come. Every giving brings a getting. You hear that? Every giving brings a getting. Every giving brings a receiving. Every giving brings a better receiving. So when you feel receive what same thing you give what so you reap. you plant corn you give corn you're going to get corn back of your finances you can get finances and when you get it back you know you're going to get back 30 and 100 fold back that's what the bible tells us so how to go through the depression you learn how to give jesus said or the bible says when you give to the poor, what do you do? You lend. to them. That's why we love to give poor people. Poor people who can't pay you back money. Wouldn't look to get back a penny from people in Haiti. Impossible. Just do it out of your heart. Obey God. Stand on the word and say, God, you said, when we give to the poor, we're lending to you. And if we lend to God, God ain't gonna tell you. Well, you know things are tough. Inflation. uh, I can't pay you back. Uh God knows where all the billionaires are, and He'll make a billionaire find you and bring money to you. God, that mighty angels that knows and will do some stuff, make money come to you. He knows how to rig this thing up. Make sure you pull your giving trigger so you can have re- this is how it works and don't worry about depression and oh god everybody is broke around me you know some places you go and I've been to certain places and I've seen poverty and one of the things I say God there's nobody here Jesus nobody's here that can help each other they're all poor They're broke. They ain't got no phone. Somebody got to come in here and help them. Somebody got to teach them how to call on the Lord Jesus so he can send a miracle for them. Because if you don't help them, they're going to die. And it hurts me, to human beings. Die. Especially when we went to Haiti, we saw the poor people. We took care of the poor people. We had food and we had things here, and most of the people it was worked on, we had the poor people, the seniors, the gray hair people. Mothers with babies coming. You know? They were preened. Because if you say you everybody will come. Just check the middle of everybody's hands. Ain't no hairs growing in the body's So in screen, the t- yes this is for when the ticket and before they could come in had to give that ticket they had to show the ticket anybody else uh-uh. because if you are giving something people say hey I want to get it but this is how poor people are gonna make it through and we have are teach you get where you can help some poor needy people people are hurt hurting especially the household of faith this is what you're required to do don't worry jesus will pay you back you give to the poor you're lending to god and when you lend to god god will give you back 30 times 60 times and 100 times more than what you give why because he wants you giving again this is the blessing system of god this is the god's economy kingdom economy And this is what it's going to take to bring you through the depression that's coming. Learn how to give. Learn how to feel another person's pain. Learn how to give a cup of water, a piece of bread in the name of Jesus Christ. Do it for his glory. People look at me and they say, oh, well, I say, no, 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 no. I say, you give Jesus the praise. You give him the thanks. If you'd have only known me when I was an atheist, <laughs> you'll <would laughs> be you be flabbergasted. Thank God for Jesus, who came in and changed my life because I was selfish, didn't give a damn about nobody and nothing. I'd see you hungry, naked. It didn't mean a thing to me. But when Jesus come in your life, He puts His heart in your heart. So you're touched by another person's pains and another person's uh, 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 whatever they're going through. Their hurts. Jesus is touched. And how does he reach people? Because he don't come down here and show up like a ghost or a spirit. No, he used people to reach people. And when I see you and I see people and they're going through, my heart Why? Because I have Jesus' heart. I want his mind. I want his heart. That's what I tell him. I don't want to be just doing my thing. My thing was callous. The thing was I don't give a damn. I don't care. i for no more. That was the way I used to be. The things in your life, we you change your friends. Talk about being on the cutting edge. And our missions—we're in different places where our missions take us—and see pictures and the uh, of Jesus. Because you see, had it not for Him, none. Just think of yourself—the way you were. Go to a bar, you spend money, you spend all kind of money, you drink, and you make yourself happy. You come home, you'd never give a, 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 a purse, two dollars a cup of coffee and a an hamburger or right. a donut. That's how I used to be. Me? See people begging and give you a dollar? No, 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 no. My It was to me. I mean my beer, my wine, my alcohol. Me give you a dollar? No way. But now, when Jesus clean you out, he put. People on your heart. Says, Norman, I want you to do this. I want you to give up. I want you to make sure these people are fed. I want you to take care of these people. And when these people begin to lift their hands and say, Thank you, Jesus. I don't want no glory, but Jesus, remember, it was me. He'll remember me some way, somehow, because my giving was a trigger. And it's going to trigger my receiving. So all I need to my myself. Give the glory of the name of Jesus Christ, giving to the poor, the needy. i the things of people. That's why we do mission. I'm strong on missions. I'm mission-minded. I grew up a poor boy. No one to have needs. We knew, never went to be hungry, but I know what it is to be poor. I've seen poverty, dirt poor. Dirt poor. I mean, people sleeping on the dirt and trash leaves in a lean-to. I've seen poverty, my friend. I know what poverty is. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? That's so why I go on the mission field, and I tell you some stories about the mission field. But the thing is that you must get, speak to somebody, pay. But he heard Bible code teaches you that that when you prove and you do part in a leasing of some that's what's going to help you and carry you through this paper. God must work for you. He must send and run a desert. Bring your hamburgers if you're hungry. He'll teach Norman, you're my servant. It's the last piece of bread. It's stale too. Look at this little thing over here, these beans over here. It will not fail. There's a meal every day you. And will be Because speak i'll be prophesying the word of god i'll be re- reminding god what he did elijah spoke to the widow of the rapper and said don't worry give me a little cake first the little oil a little meal a little flour in that barrel and the little oil you have it will not fail and it lasted for the rest of the time of, of the of the uh, famine Every day she went there, and the woman said, I have just enough. Make two little pancakes, one for me, one for my son. We will eat it, the last meal. Then when we eat it, we're going to sit down, look at each other, hug each other, until death." And the man came, and he says, woman, you shall live, shall not die. You will declare the works, the glory of the Lord, the testimony of Jesus, the land of the living. Speak to me. You're going to make true Bible says, come hell by water. You're going to make it. No, It means you. How are you going to make it? You've got to Give. I want you to know that God does not punish the right people. We are, we are the children of God. We are what? the people of God. And we looked constantly How you. How God is for doing work for a billionaire work for yourself. Don't worry about what's going to happen. Lord, I'll, I'll fix you up. I'll take care of you. I'll take care of you. And I want to leave you with this scripture chapter, the foundation book of Job. I'm going to start at the 15th verse. It says, "He saves the poor from the sword." You save the poor from the sword from their mouth, meaning his so the hand of the mighty. So the poor have hope, and iniquity our wicked stops her mouth. Injustice will shut her mouth. God for you. All this is assured. This is the word of God, and this is right. Is the man who God corrects. Therefore, do not despise the chastening of the Almighty. For he wounds and he binds up. He injures and his hands make whole. He will leave you with trouble. Yes, in the seven troubled years shall no evil touch you. You'll laugh at it. Ha, ha, ha. And by the way, something just crossed my mind. You know how many times I could have died? I could have died seven times. I went out, you know, wait for of a like an automobile, something happened and I didn't die, I'd say, my God, I'm born under a lucky star. So when things happen, it didn't bother me. It's like I'm laughing at it. I'm mocking it. You can't touch me. But I didn't know Jesus was preserving my life. I didn't know any better. I was an atheist. So when I really look at the scripture, he will deliver you in six troubles. He'll he'll deliver you out of six attempts at death upon your life, Norman. Nothing could touch me. And he says, Yes, in the seventh no evil shall touch me. You're so darn right about that. Because so many times evil made after me kill me and it didn't touch me. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? And this is not just for me, it's for you too. But I want you to have I want you to have understanding. Grow in your understanding of this. That's why I wrote the book, Bible Code 7, because I want you to see these things in the Bible. And I want you adamant, like flint, like me. That's what he told Jeremiah. Set your head like a flint. War against you. But they'll never prevail against you. Let me go on. Verse 20, Job 5. In famine, he will redeem you from death. You can't die. In war, from the power of the sword, the guns, the bullets can't touch you you're untouchable you'll be hidden from the scourge of the tongue you should be afraid of destruction when it comes buildings blown up all around your things being destroyed nothing shall touch you don't be afraid of it that's the word of god it's not my words i just teach the word okay but root yourself in there at destruction and famine you shall laugh Neither shall you be afraid of the animals of the earth. Uh, at destruction and famine, you shall laugh. I don't know who's talking to you. He's talking to me because I'm laughing. I make shall virgins, yes. But anything happens, I laugh at you. At destruction and the famine, I you you bring war, Mm-mm, you can't touch me. I'll mock you. I will not be afraid of destruction when it comes. In famine, I can't die. God will redeem me from death. In war, you'll redeem me from the power of the sword, the guns, and the bullets. can't touch me. That's what the Lord is saying. You and you and you. This is not just my word, it's your word. For you shall be in league with the stones of the field. The animals of the field shall be at peace with you. You shall know that your tent, your house, is in peace. You shall visit your fold, your flock, and find nothing. You shall so that your children shall be your offspring, the grass of the earth. the way I for my children. My grandmother used to say they could be bad as something. That Yoss, Yoss, Disease primary eight. And to some to encourage you. Don't give up on your children, don't give up on your grandchildren. No matter what they're doing. Just you remember that Norman was a hard headed, stubborn old atheist boy, twenty odd years of my life. But old rockhead, Jesus changed him. If Jesus can change me, he can change anybody. Do you hear what I'm telling you? Paul the Apostle said I was the cheapest of sinners. But Jesus reached Damascus Road and changed him. Don't go got to hold on. You shall come to your grave like a shock of grain comes. Season. Nothing going to happen to you right now. I'm not going you. I'm going to be alive and remain until Jesus returns, hearing what I'm telling you. That's my assignment from God, and that's what I'm preaching on you. Not everybody is going to be, die- be dead. I'm going to be alive, and I'm going to go on to Jesus' turn, waiting for him. When is Jesus come? on one sure. By 30, they are in this world of death sometimes you know at 23rd, I know that Jesus is going to be there. That's their target date. Are you ready? And look how he closes out. Look how Job closes out the scripture. Verse 27, he says, We this thing out. We have researched it. It is true. Hear it and know it for yourself. Know it for your own good. It's true. This is the word of God. This is true stuff. In other words, Job was saying, I believe this thing with our heart. The Lord God. Norman is saying to you tonight, I've proven this thing. Bible Code 7 is not a book I wrote because I heard somebody else's testimony. Bible Code 7 is not thing that some and I said, Well, I'm gonna write something. No, no, no. Bible quotes, and is something I've done, experienced. Been down the bottom been in me, me cement mixer there. But the Satan, what he can do. But I put the power of Jesus to undo what the devil has done. And that's what. About this is reaching right. about that name, that power, that song with his name that broke the shackles of hell out of my life. Are you hearing? There is that young lady, I forgot her name now. She sings, There's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, to set the captives free. Truly, there is power in that name, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. If you don't know him tonight, get to know him. Just tell him I surrender, I give up. Lead me. Clean me up. Clean up my mouth. And show me how to go. I don't want to have to show anymore. I want you to run the show. I want you to drive the boat for me because me, I'm going over the cliff. I am self-destructing. He'll take over. And if you're somebody you never experienced him, tell him, are you for real, Jesus? If you're real, real, because I want to know you, I serve you. I don't want to be in the dark. I want an experience with you. Do that. But I want you to get that book, Bible Code 7, for published works. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or go to BibleCode7.com. Get the book. Get the understanding of the strategy. A defined strategy. Or to use it. When you use it, it, works. It's my experience, my testimony. And what God has done for me, he'll do you because you're his child. Blessed night may the Lord keep you, may His face to shine on you and be just to you. And the Lord God lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. But well, now until He returns, catch us home. That's what we're waiting for. Alive and remaining in Him is coming back. Take us home. Have yourself a fabulous and victorious night. God bless you.